What up, peeps? Welcome back to The Anxious Truth. I am Drew Linsalata, creator and host of this fine podcast. This is episode number 171. 171. Today, we're going to be talking about unplanned exposures and challenges that life throw at you and how to approach those, what you can do with those things. So welcome back to the show. I appreciate your time and attention every week. I am grateful for it. Thank you so much for your support. Let's get into this. Unplanned exposures. What is that? That's that thing where life throws an exposure or a challenge at you that is going to push you far outside your comfort zone, things that you are terrified still to do. You haven't worked up to them yet. You're, you're actively working the recovery thing. You're doing your work, but you haven't gotten that far yet. So it's going to push you way beyond where you really are in your progress. Or you haven't been working the recovery process yet, and it's just going to push you outside of your comfort zone because you haven't been outside your comfort zone at all. Both of those things can happen, right? So that's what we're addressing today. A couple of things that I want to go over first and foremost. Number one, what is exposure, right? So it's really important. This is an important thing. Exposure, I'm not going to get the mechanics of what an exposure looks like, but when would we say that you're doing exposure? I will tell you when I wouldn't say you're doing exposure, and that is if you are generally living, generally living an avoidant lifestyle where you spend most of your time in retreat, in your safe zone, your home, always with a safe person, whatever that is, if you're living inside that bubble that you've engineered where you are trying to avoid feeling anxious or panicky, and then every once in a while, you kind of get forced out of that because life makes you do a thing and you run out of the bubble and you rush your way through and you white knuckle your way through and you run back to the bubble and lock the door and then don't leave it again until life makes you leave it. Then what you're doing is not exposure. Like I would, I would say brutally to you and honestly that I would not say that those are exposures. That is just interrupted avoidance. There's a difference. So the first thing when we're talking about this topic is to sort of own that. And I'm not trying to call anybody out, but if that's the way you're living, then it's not fair to yourself to say, well, I have to do an exposure. I mean, yes, are you being exposed to your fear? You totally are. So syntactically, are you exposing? Yeah, as an exposure, yes. But I wouldn't say that, well, this is I have to do an exposure now because exposure kind of suggests that it's a process that you're actively engaged in to try and make a change and, and make things improve, right? So if you're not doing that, if you're basically living inside the avoidance, then you're just interrupting the avoidance when life makes you interrupt it. Exposure on the other side is planned. It's something that we have worked into our schedule and our routine. Maybe we do it every day, maybe multiple times a day, at least a few times a week. We have a plan. It's part of our schedule. It's part of our routine. It's almost like having a job that you go to, whether that's a three-hour-a-week volunteer position or a 60-hour-a-week full-time job with overtime. doesn't matter. Like It's a responsibility you take on, and then you fulfill that responsibility. You do that work on a regular basis. You plan it. It has There's a system. Like you're being systematic, you're being incremental, you're being repetitive, you're being consistent. That's exposure. So when you're engaged in that, then yes, when you are out and about and you're doing the things that you are afraid to do and trying to get comfortable doing them, then yes, you are engaged in exposures, right? And then every once in a while, life is going to throw some unplanned stuff. So now that we have seen the difference between exposure and sort of interrupted avoidance, let's look at what exposure looks like. Exposure does look planned. It looks incremental. It's regular. It has a method behind it. Like you have goals in mind that you're specifically, systematically, and incrementally working toward. That's true. And for the most part, those are, you can control that because you decide when you're going to do it and what you're going to do and what you're working for. But 
life is also going to throw stuff at all of us that we don't get to plan. We don't get to incrementally work up to. We don't get to practice. We don't get to approach with baby steps. Like that's just the way it is. So even if you are actively involved in recovery and you are working, whether it's on your own or with your therapist or counselor, whoever, and then you're doing your exposure work, then that is great. Respect to you and more, more power to you because I know you're doing hard stuff. But sometimes life is going to be exposure too, and we don't get to plan that. Stuff is going to come up. We have responsibilities to our families, our jobs, our businesses, at whatever, sports teams, whatever you're involved with, right? Like life is going to throw those things at you. This is just a part of the deal. We don't get to declare that, nope, not going to do that. I wish we could, but we can't. So there are going to be unplanned exposures. For the purposes of this discussion, the overriding concern here or the overriding principle that I want you to, to remember is that the more you are actively engaged in the planned exposures, the more you are actively engaged and consistently doing your planned exposures and working that system, then the easier it will be for you to handle the unplanned ones. So I could probably hit the stop button right now and end the episode because really that's kind of the overarching principle that's going to govern just about everything else I say now for the next 20 minutes or however long I talk. So I'm going to repeat it because it's really important. The more you are actively participating in planned, systematic, incremental, goal-oriented exposures where you're trying to habituate to the things you are fearful of and also learn through those experiences that regardless of the outcome, anxiety, panic or not, you can handle it. If you are actively engaged in that process all the time and working it religiously and consistently, then when you have to do unplanned exposures or when life throws these unplanned challenges, sort of moonshots at you that take you far outside where you are now in your progress, the more you are working the system in a planned way, the easier time you will have with the unplanned stuff. So what does that mean? And notice that I said easier, not easy. That's really important. Because I think a lot of times, regardless of the situation that you're in, so if you are not doing planned incremental exposures yet, you haven't started yet, then you're going to have a really hard time meeting this challenge that life is throwing at you. But even if you are doing your incremental planned exposures, whether you've been doing them for a week, two weeks, or two months, and life throws something at you that puts you far beyond what you're doing right now, you're also going to have a hard time, just probably a little less hard, right? So it's all difficult, just it's a matter of the difficulty. The degree of difficulty is what's going to change. And a lot of that is perception. So if you're actively involved in the process, you will start to understand, oh, this is why I do this, right? This is why I do scary things. This is why I'm doing difficult things. Because I have to learn to move through this fear. I have to learn to willfully tolerate, to move through, to surrender, to float, whatever you want to call it, however terminology, whatever terminology works for you and resonates with you, you start to understand the purpose of it. Like you get it. Oh, that's right. I have to do this because of this. And that experience that actually starts to shape your perception and your expectation of exposure does carry through to the unplanned things. So for instance, somebody who is not doing exposures on a regular basis, for whatever reason, I'm not blaming anybody, but for whatever reason, if you have not yet started that process, and there's a million reasons why maybe you haven't, we don't have to go into that now. But if you have not yet started that process, a person in that situation doesn't really, all they know is this is going to be crazy scary. It is impossible. I cannot do it. I, will, I might panic or I'm going to be very anxious. I'm going to have a lot of anticipatory anxiety. 
And I cannot deal with that. I can't do that. It's impossible for me to do that. I can't handle any of that. So please, Drew, whoever else, whatever book I'm reading, Instagrammer, whoever, coach, therapist, counselor, author, whoever they're talking to, please give me some sort of tips or advice that will make this impossible thing possible. Okay. So you understand, So there's a, a misconception there. There's a little bit of a lack of understanding and there's really a misaligned expectation and that makes it even harder because you see it as impossible and you're trying to find a way to make the impossible not only possible, but comfortable. And that's just, it's not impossible. You can do it, but it's not going to be comfortable. There'd be nothing comfortable about that, right? So active, being actively engaged in the process, that person who has been doing the work already when an unplanned exposure comes up has an easier time with more accurate and realistic expectations of what it's going to be, right? Oh, this is going to be hard. And I, I do hard things because I have to learn to go through the fear and the discomfort. And I can see that that's working for me in the work that I've already been doing. And it won't feel so impossible, right? It just, it just won't feel so impossible. You'll have some experience under your belt that says, oh, yeah, I can, I can move through it when I panic. I can go outside my comfort zone. I can do that. So this is why I say that the biggest bit of advice I could give you, look, if you're in a situation right now where you have an unplanned exposure coming up and you haven't started your recovery work yet, we'll talk about that in a second. But the biggest advice I could give you if you're just listening to this because you know this is going to happen to you or maybe it's happened in the past and you know it's going to happen again is get active in the process today. Like whatever you have to do, start today. And we'll talk about that in another podcast episode. I'm going to make that its own topic. Like what's stopping you is going to be a little bit of its own topic. We'll talk about that in another episode. But the sooner you start, the more resilient you will be, the more confident you will be, the more you'll understand why you're doing difficult things, and the less impossible those unplanned exposures and challenges will feel. You will just know that they are going to be really challenging but that you can do it. Even if I don't like it and I'm terrified to do it, I can do this because I'm showing myself that I can. That's the difference. So whatever you can do to start working this today will really help you when the unplanned things come up. That's really important. Why? Why will they help you? Well, I just mentioned it. Number one, the, the, the incremental work of you doing on a regular basis, you have some experience under your belt and you have a better understanding through that experience of why this thing has to be uncomfortable and exactly what the benefit is of going through the uncomfortable thing. So that's what's going to happen. You're going to have a little bit of experience. You're going to have better expectations. You're going to understand what's going on. And that makes it a whole lot easier to deal with. Again, not easy, but easier. Right? So for everybody, regardless of the situation that you're in, whether you're actively in recovery, or you haven't yet started, and you, you're worried about how to handle the unplanned stuff and the unplanned challenges, what are the overriding principles? Tips. What kind of tips can I give you? What kind of advice can I give you? All right, I can give you some stuff that, that applies to pretty much everybody. The first one, first and foremost, and if you've been actively engaged in the recovery process, you know this already. You know this already because you're living it. Expect to be uncomfortable. So what I tell people all the time, the person who says like, I haven't left my house or I haven't gone more than five miles away. And I promised my wife or my husband or my family or whatever, my friends, that I was going to go on this road trip with them. We're going 300 miles away. I don't know what to do. I'm going to freak out. Okay. The first thing I have to tell that person is don't ask me to have to, for a way that you're going to just 
magically be okay with doing it because that's unrealistic and it's not fair of you to expect that of yourself. So the very first bit of sort of overarching universal advice about unplanned exposures and challenges is expect them to be hard. They will be hard. Expect to feel uncomfortable. Expect to experience anticipatory anxiety over them. Expect to be anxious while you're doing them. Expect that you might have a full-blown panic attack while you're doing them. There's just, there's kind of no way around that. I mean, if in fact you wind up going and doing this thing and you don't feel those things, congratulations, that's a huge bonus. That's incredibly rare. What nine times out of 10 winds up happening, and usually to the people who are already actively engaged in recovery is they are struggling with anticipation. They, they think of a zillion reasons to cancel the event before they actually do it. They, they wind up getting themselves into the event. The initial anxiety is really high. They might even panic. It comes up, it goes down. The beginning of the event is a real roller coaster, and it's a huge challenge. But then they settle into it. And many, many times the story that you hear afterwards is, oh, it was really hard in the days leading up to it. I was going to cancel, and I really struggled on the way there, and it was really difficult, and I panicked, and I had to, like, excuse myself and whatever. But then I remembered, and I started trying to use my tools, and things got better. So that's typically what those look like for a lot of people. For the person who is not experienced at doing exposure on a regular basis, that story is often very different. That story is just like, I am a mess going in. It was a disaster. It was a meltdown. It was a nightmare. I couldn't calm myself down. This is crazy. I can never do this stuff. And sadly, that becomes the outcome for them. But it doesn't have to be. Because that becomes the outcome for the inexperienced person only when their expectations are out of whack which is I've been in my house for three months and now I'm hoping to find a way to feel good about going to this wedding 300 miles away, which is not realistic. So the first thing for sure is have your expectations in line. It is going to be a challenge. That's why we're calling it, we can call it an exposure or a challenge. We're calling it that for a reason. You're not calling it just fun. It's not just a family outing. It's not just a wedding, right? It's not just a whatever, a college reunion. It is you're calling it a challenge for a reason. There's a reason why we use that word. You're calling it exposure for a reason. So you're going to have to expect that it is going to be difficult. You will experience anticipatory anxiety beforehand. You will feel actual anxiety or panic during the event, usually more in the beginning. But you just have to be resigned to the fact that like, well, this is the way it has to be. And I'm going to learn from this the best that I can. And I know that no matter what happens, I can handle it. I can go through it. That's in the end, the way you have to approach these. No matter what happens, I can handle it. Because here's reality. Whether you're out and busting your rear end and you're doing exposures every day, or you haven't left your house in the last six months, you are always handling it. Always. You have never, if you are listening to me right now, it means that you are upright, you have ears, your body is working, and you are listening to my words. It means you have always handled, always there was never a time that you did not handle feeling whatever you felt, whether it was just anxious, agitated, or full-blown, level 10, horrible, meltdown, worst ever in the world panic. You handled it because you're still here. You're still here. So that in the end, that's what's going to happen no matter what. Like even in the worst case, you white knuckle through the entire event and you hate it and you vow to never leave your house again. Okay, but still you'd have handled it. Like you just didn't like how it felt. You were really scared when you're doing it. You're very uncomfortable. You had all the thoughts of I'm going to die or go crazy or lose it or snap or whatever it is, but you still handled it, right? So 
how do you deal with an unplanned exposure, with an unplanned challenge, something that's coming up that you feel like either you're not ready for because you have not even started to be ready, or you have started to get yourself ready, but you're just not there yet? What do you do? Well, you, you have realistic expectations. This is supposed to be difficult. I am, I am not supposed to go through this smooth sailing, forgetting that I have any kind of anxiety and it's going to be a wonderful day. That will be so disappointing, so disappointing for you. Because odds are that's not going to happen. You're going to have at least some discomfort before this event, during this event, maybe even after the event. But again, you'll handle that because you always handle. You handle everything. You always do. You always handle it. I can't say that enough, right? So what, what are the practical things that everybody can do leading up to this? And again, if you're actively involved in the recovery process, these are things that you are practicing. They're skills that you're probably getting better at. This is going to sound very familiar to you. If you've been listening to the podcast or you read my books and you're not actively involved in the recovery process, it will still sound familiar to you intellectually, but you won't actually have the experience under your belt. So again, start as soon as you can so you do get those experiences under your belt. Anticipatory anxiety is all about accepting that, yes, I'm going to be anxious about this thing, but I do not have to write a horror movie in my head about this event because I have no idea what it's going to look like. Right. So I have to come back to the present. I have to refocus to the present. I have to refocus to the present. We talk about learning to, to, to pay attention, to train our focus. This is why we do meditation. This is why we do relaxation breathing. This is why we do PMR. Progressive muscle relaxation is a reason why we're engaged in these things as part of our recovery process. Because when I am thinking in my head of the nightmare scenario that might happen, an ambulance has to come. I'm going to ruin my cousin's wedding. They're going to take me away. I'm going to become insane. I'm going to embarrass myself. When you are building that nightmarish story in your head, you have to say, wait a minute, why am I writing a horror movie script about this thing that hasn't happened yet and might not? So I got to come back to the present. So anticipatory anxiety is all about two things. It is about accepting that, yeah, I'm going to have anticipatory anxiety, but I do not have to live the event until I live the event. Notice at no point am I saying that you have to think positively about the event. What I, and this is one of the things that I hate. Here's a bit of a cliche that you see all the time. And it's always the, the play on the what if, because the biggest enemy you have in anticipatory anxiety is what if. What if I lose it? What if I snap? What if I pass out? What if I need medical attention? What if, what if, what if, what if? And all the time you see on the, like social, shitty social media mental health advice, what if you fly instead of crashing? What if it all works out? All right, fine. That's fine. But do not, anticipatory anxiety is not dealt with by trying to counter a negative what if with a positive what if. Like acknowledge that the negative what if is not required, but also accept that it's going to be there. So what I need to do is not try to talk myself into like some sort of crazy fantasy where I have a great time at my cousin's wedding 300 miles away with no anxiety and it's amazing and it's a miracle. That's not going to really work. It's really 10 minutes later, your, your amygdala is going to kick back in again and say, no, that's, that's not going to happen, dude. It's going to be terrible. And boom, the cycle starts, starts, starts. So what you really have to do is just with the anticipation, you just have to say, okay, let me make whatever plan I can make to be ready for this, a plan, an actual plan. Can I practice any of this before I go? What can I do to simulate the event? What can I do to simulate the triggers I know I'm going to face? Those are things that you can do. That's part of planning for the unplanned, if you can, if you have the time and the luxury. So can I, can I make some incremental drives to that event? Can I practice it? Can I simulate the triggers? What can I do? actually do. Then put that plan in place and execute it. 
but thinking about what it's going to be and running simulations in your head not required. That is going to be come back to the present, come back to the present, relax, relax, be mindful, come back to the present. That's, that's all you can do with the anticipation. And then on the day of the event, the best that you can do is to move through it the best you can. Slow down, relax, be mindful, let the tension out of your body, let the feelings flow through you, let the fear rise and fall and rise and fall if that's what it's going to do. Like, that's how you would deal with the event itself to do the very best that you can to move through the events of that day, whatever that unplanned exposure or challenge is going to be, whether it's for a two hours or, or a day or two weeks, and just say, you know what, every time I feel that discomfort and that fear begin to rise, I'm just going to have to give into it, surrender, let it rise and let it fall. Don't fight, stop holding on. This is, these aren't new concepts, right? If you've been listening to the podcast, you read my books, whatever you follow along, you know all of this. You've heard it about a zillion times before. But if you have been practicing it, you get it a little bit more, don't you? So if you've been practicing this and you've been actively engaged in that process, then not only have you heard me say those words, but you've actually experienced that. Oh, that's right. That's right. Remember when I couldn't drive around the block and now I can drive around 10 blocks. And how did I do that? I did that by surrendering, floating, accepting, willfully tolerating, whatever you like to say. That's how I did that. So you'll have practice and experience in how you move through that event when it comes up, the unplanned event even though it's anxiety-producing and scary and uncomfortable and all of those things, right? So in a nutshell, this is how we deal with unplanned, you know, exposures or challenges or whatever you want to call those things, right? The guiding, you know, know the difference between being engaged in exposure and just living an, a life of interrupted avoidance. Know that. Know that even if you are actively engaged in the process of recovery through exposure, then there are going to be times when you don't get to plan it and life is going to throw curveballs at you. That's just the way it goes. And understand that when you are actively involved, you'll have a better chance of moving through those unplanned exposures and challenges more comfortably, more easily, not comfortably and easily, because you'll have better aligned expectations. You'll have some experience under your belt. You'll have some use of the tools under your belt, and you'll be just better equipped to handle it. But even if you're starting from dead scratch and you're forced to do this unplanned exposure or challenge, the same rules will apply in terms of how you deal with the anticipation beforehand and how you move through the event as it unfolds. Same rules will apply. Just that the people who have got the experience under their belt will be better at using those tools, at doing those things, at engaging in those new reactions to anxiety and panic and fear, right? So that's the difference. And then just to wrap this up before, before I kind of put a bow on it will be then what happens after? What's the experience after? So if you've read my book, The Anxious Truth, and you should have read my book, The Anxious Truth, if you're looking for recovery help, then you'll know that it's changing the reaction is where the secret sauce is. Reaction before, that's anticipatory anxiety. Talked about that. The reaction during, what do you do while you're in the midst, in the event? How are you reacting to the fear and everything that comes with that? And then the reaction after, which is what is the story you tell yourself about that experience? Really important. And the part that we usually forget, we forget. So for everybody, no matter what your level of experience with exposure is or where you are in the recovery path, everybody needs to remember that the experience, the, the, the reaction afterwards has to be, that was really difficult or maybe, oh, that was easier than I thought it was. That could be too. And even when I was uncomfortable and afraid and I thought that the wheels were going to fall off, I handled it. Nothing bad happened. I got through it. I did it. Look, I did it. I moved through my fear. It is so important that that is the reaction after the event. And again, 
This is where experience versus starting from scratch begins to matter. So the person who has been actively engaged is more likely to understand that when the event is over, the unplanned challenger or exposure is over, they will be able to frame it as, I knew that was going to be really hard. And it was really hard, but I did it. So I will tell you that in my social media community that surrounds this podcast, you can see the difference. Like those victory posts, like in my Facebook group, come from those people. Like, oh my God, I was so scared. I knew this was going to be really hard. And I had a really hard time in the beginning and I was super uncomfortable, but I did it. I'm feeling so proud. I did it. I did it. I did it. They, the person with the experience of exposure and somebody who's actively engaged in the process already is more likely to be able to tell that story afterwards. So even a situation where they panicked that day or whatever, where they were really uncomfortable, where they had all the old anxiety stuff, they had the symptoms and the thoughts and the feelings and all of those things come up, they can still see it as a win. Like, oh my God, I did it. I didn't think I could do it. And I did it. I'm so proud of myself. The person who was starting from dead scratch that is forced to do that unplanned exposure or challenge is much more like, yeah, that can happen. They can tell that story afterwards too, but they are more likely to tell the story of a nightmare. It was a disaster. It was a nightmare. And it reinforces the idea that they should stay in their little safe bubble, right? So if that is you and you don't have a lot of experience yet, you haven't started the process and you're forced into doing things, then do your best to understand, like, don't tell that story for two weeks afterwards about how, what a horror it was. Like, guess that's not serving you at all. And it's really hard to not tell that story until you practice not telling that story. So I'm going to kind of wrap it up here. And I feel like I've done a little bit of berating the people who haven't started the recovery process yet. I, I don't mean to do that. I'm not calling anybody out. Like everybody's in a different place in this journey and you might be brand new and I would not expect you to be experienced at all. And even if you've been listening to the podcast for two years and you've read every word I've ever written and you're following all of my other friends and collaborators and you're listening to all of us and you haven't started yet, well, you have your reasons and I still respect you. And I'm still rooting for you. I'm not calling you out in any way. I'm not saying you're wrong. But I will leave you with this. If you haven't started yet, and you're not new, if you've been around for a while, and you understand the concepts, if you've read it all, you've read all the books, you read Claire Weeks, read my book, you read Josh's book and Dean's book, and you listen to all of the, the, you know, the usual suspects, and you know the, the drill, you know the concepts, but yet you haven't started yet. Don't wait to be ready like, I, I will leave you with that because the whole topic of this podcast episode is unplanned exposures and challenges. And the sooner you start, even though you're not ready, you're only ready after you start with this thing. That sucks, but that's the way it works. Nobody is ever ready. You get ready after. The ready comes after. The clicking only comes after you do it. Like, first we leap and then we learn in this. It's kind of backwards. It sucks. So if you've been around for a while and you're just waiting for some sort of magic thing to go off in your head so that you can start this work, like don't wait, start now. Because the more you do of your own volition, where you can control it, where you have agency in this, where you're not just being thrown about by life, because we all are thrown about by life sometimes, but the more you do things on your own terms, systematically, incrementally, the better you will be at handling the, the unplanned challenges when they come up, right? So I'm rooting for you, regardless of where you are. I'm going to root for you no matter what. And hopefully I've given you advice that will apply in any situation, right? Hopefully. So there you go. I'm going to play you out with Afterglow by my buddy Ben Drake, like I always do. I love this song. And uh, you guys can find Ben Drake at his website, bendrakemusic.com. Tell him that I sent you. 
I'm going to ask you the same favor that I always do, which is if you are listening to the podcast on iTunes or some place that leaves you the opportunity to leave a rating, then leave the, the podcast the highest rating that you can. Five stars is great. Maybe take a minute and, you know, review the podcast because it helps people find it. And that's why I do this, try and reach as many people as I can to help them. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, then hit the follow button so you're following along with the podcast, all of that good stuff. Anyway, all right, guys, thank you for coming along. Those of you watching on video, I appreciate you like hanging in there with this little video experiment that I'm doing. I will see you guys in the next podcast episode, maybe on video, maybe not, don't know. And I will leave you with the same words that I generally leave you with, which is, this is the way. It's all around you, you can breathe it in And this is where your story begins You got the feeling that you're gonna win